daring adventurers, dastardly villains, and dangerous climbs. This is Brutal Critical. Welcome back to Brutal Critical, everyone. I am your illustrious DM, Michael Merritt, and with me are my stalwart adventurers. Playing Fluster Delir, we have Sam Kavik. With a muddled sense of self. Playing Stagander Erlingson, we have Gordon Proctor. Shaken, not stirred, please. <laughs> and playing Yora Anna Rabern, we have Savannah Merritt. You can have me any way you'd like, as long as there's caffeine involved. Oh, okay. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Post-harrowing experience in a dungeon. Uh, Just a bit. Yeah. Marginally. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And so a quick recap. You guys finished the dungeon last, uh, last session and escaped into a snowstorm where you got lost in said snowstorm. Yor went down a couple of times. And then you realized that you were in grave danger and needed to find shelter. The inn being boarded up on both sides. So you went looking. Steg got lost in the blizzard and fell into a hole, which ended up being a cellar. He was quickly toppled upon by John, who was looking for him and calling him Greg. (laughs) And after a short interim of searching, everyone banded together for a well-deserved rest in the cellar as the Frost Maiden's Tempest blew in. And that's where we find our adventurers holed up against the the razor-sharp winds of the Frost Maiden's Tempest and huddle around a fire for warmth. Steg, you rested? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Your intelligence is back to normal? Woo! Oh, yay! And the level number went up one. Amazing. Everyone leveled up? Yep. Yora, you were... Stabilized, so you get to have the benefits of a full rest as well. Uh, and you kind of groggily come out of your semi-comatose state, uh, mm-hmm. sitting around a fire. Fwester, you've been up most of the night. Uh, you got your rest, but your your meditation was very troubled. Yeah. The sounds of whispers echoing in your head and growing more and more distinct by the day to the point where you are starting to pinpoint individual voices now it's probably just uh, giving them titles instead of names like oh that's the bias. yeah, oh, yeah you don't know you don't know any of their names you don't they don't ever say their names they're haunted presences that have lashed themselves onto you at this point you're starting to understand that your brush with death 
caused you to bring back some things from the other side. Of course, I got some hitchhikers with me. Yeah, they yeah, just want to be back. I just want to be back in the action, you know. <laughs> Good on them. Um, so, the two more short-lived individuals that don't have to meditate are awake next to a... Pardon? Uh, yeah, rude. Well, <laughs> do you live a do you live a minimum of seven hundred and fifty years? In everyone's hearts, I do. Yeah. Well, if you uh, if you got like a statue of yourself made, you live forever. You'll live as long, long as that in statue. My heart. That's exactly. the truth. Exactly. <laughs> as he goes about the rest of his life without his friends, <laughs> and goes and makes. More. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go make some more friends. Fuck this. Yeah, you know, like, you guys are a quarter of his life. <laughs> his lifespan. No, that's not true. Yora is gonna make it almost a half of his lifespan. Because of things. Uh, but. Things. But, but Stag is gonna die at like 70 years old. <laughs> that's what you think. Bold to say. He's a barbarian. <laughs> uh. So, our two, I'm sorry, so our two tall folk uh, wake up on on mats, their travel like bed rolls, huddle around a, a fairly large fire that has become a little bit more controlled since Wester had a say in how it was being made, and they stopped throwing metal bits into it to try to get it to keep going. Um, that was John. Yes. Who are is wrapped in a in a big cloak he doesn't have any travel gear obviously because he was just rescued and John seems content sitting by the fire cooking a small bit of meat uh, overcooking I should say it's going to definitely be chewy Where but, did get the meat? but the rich aroma fills the cellar and the warmth has spread out to the reaches of the cellar. The smoke drifting out of the hole in the ceiling and into the storm some some 10 feet away. This is actually a pretty large cellar. Wall to wall, there are casks uh, that no one's really broken into yet or looked at. There's large boxes filled probably with long spoiled Supply, uh, supplies for the the inn itself. Um, one of those boxes is bro- has been broken open, and that's where that cloak came from. It's actually probably a curtain. <laughs> but you guys are huddled in the back corner, in a little alcove that can contain some heat. In the distance, the sound of the Frost Maiden's Tempest roars overhead. And occasionally, if you listen carefully enough, you think that you can hear the cries of maybe someone caught out in the storm when they shouldn't have been. And the Frost Maiden's Tempest takes another life. Uh... So that's where we find our adventurers. You guys can take it away. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to be down here for at least a bit longer. Did you guys sleep well? Mm, oh mm. my gosh. 
Eh. What? What happened? Holy You're guys. gonna sit up and then go. Wait. Steg, John, where? <sighs> okay. Uh, you're all I'm, right. I'm passed right out here. in the blizzard. Hello. Everyone's fine. Oh my goodness. He's chewing on that extra uh, tough piece of meat that he was cooking. Uh, enjoying your jerky, John. <laughs> Where are we? Uh, we're in the cellar of that abandoned inn. Seems like Stag and John got a little shelter going for us. We got lucky. I mean... Mm, never. No, and tumbling into a place with alcohol? That's peak luck to me. I was about to ask, Dora, <laughs> you, uh, you're familiar with mead and alcohol in general, so if you want to help me check some of these barrels, and Stag, if you want to see if there's any salvageable supplies down here, any sort of firewood... I could or... use some clothes that are not half my size. Well, if you can find He's still clothes. wearing the clothes that he picked up out of the, <laughs> yeah. out of the castle. If you can... Hold on, let's see if we can find some cloth. I'll make you something. <laughs> I like this dynamic of Stag constantly ripping his clothes to pieces. <laughs> he needs some spandex or something. <laughs> I can picture, like... He needs, like, Hulk shorts. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. needs... He needs a... A all of the stuff that he's made woven out of something from him, so that like it transforms with him. Ooh, he's hairless. I get out of stag skin. Is he? I don't because, know. Yours because... is respectfully not looking. Oh wait a minute! Uh, because when he turns because... into a bear, I could shave him. Yeah. Ooh. Good luck. I would. I would not recommend getting that close. Listen, it's happening But also, once, but... Steg, you have a bit of a five o'clock shadow going on. <gasps> Whoa. It's finally <laughs> <Okay>. happening. <laughs> He's part bear, part dwarf, yeah. all Goliath. And that's that's including your head. Like, your head is fuzzy as well. Stag, are you, uh, is it, are you coming of age? <laughs> He's finally maturing. <laughs> I'm, this is a, I've never seen this before. Yeah, I didn't think that Goliaths <laughs> could uh, oh. grow any hair. My dad told hair. me about this. Hey, so you're going to start getting hair in weird places. And you're going to start to like girls a lot more. <laughs> John. What do we need to give you to stop talking, John? Stop. <laughs> Who are just reaches out to him and goes, John, I don't think he's going through puberty. You well, yeah, I, I was just trying to help. You're very helpful, John, and we appreciate it. How about you cook <laughs> Find some more wood to keep this fire going, all right? Okay. Thank you. Wanders off into the cellar. But, Yor, if you want to come with me and check some of these barrels, and Stag, if you find enough cloth, I'll happily sew something together for you. Gladly. Let's go. All right. 
So once uh You want us to do some investigation checks? Yeah. Alright. Oh boy, oh boy, I'm good at those, allegedly. Ooh. With my intelligence finally back. It's a nineteen. Same. Okay. Oh, look at that. You managed that's a you, fifteen. Let's go. You you break into a box, uh, and out comes fur blankets from the in beds as well as cloth linens for the beds all right that have been stowed down here the rest of you guys you go looking uh the first you're you tap into a cask uh one of the larger ones that's sitting horizontal like a big like mm-hmm. a big round cask and you take a whiff of it and it's this like really sour stale ale like bad ale smell but then Fwester taps into his a similar cask and it outpours a fine elven wine (laughs) figures Fwester would find the good stuff alright St. Yora before we bring this back and celebrate did you see anything when we were asleep? Or rather, I should say, rudely put to sleep? Yora, uh, I imagine he's doing this and Yora's like, like looking really excitedly at the cask yeah. and then you say that and she kind of like freezes and goes, Yes? Did you? <laughs> He makes sure that he's just looking at the barrel. He doesn't look over at her. Yes, I... I did. Memories. Me too. I hate mind magic. It's the worst, but... (sighs) Do you ever wonder if they mean something? If magic shows us stuff that the creator didn't intend just to prove a point. We should talk with Steg about this as well. I wonder if he's the same way. I... Yes, we should talk with Steg. I... Don't like the idea that magic has a mind of its own. Well, most but sometimes I can't. <sighs> Ain't that the fucking truth? <laughs> <clears throat> let's bring a. Let's uh, bring this. Let's bring the meat back, or the wine, rather. Yeah. It's definitely wine. It's not mead. All right. Okay. Well, then here I'll go back. Let's bring this wine back. All right. Say, Big Bear, did you find any cloth? I did. All right, bring it over. I found some linen and some fur blankets. Excellent. We found some wine. Let's uh, get back by the fire. I'll start making you some new clothing, and we can all have a drink. That would be most welcome. All right. So I assume Yora's going to do most of the rolling for the barrel because I am made out of wet pasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yora, Yora will uh, pick it up 
Oh. And I'll walk it over. This is quite... What's your strength? My strength is a 16. Okay. So with some with some difficulty, you're going to pick it up. It's uh, If it were to be turned like right side up into its cylinder position, it's about as tall as you are. And twice as wide. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a cask. It's a cask. It's not a barrel. It's a cask. <laughs> as she as she picks it up, Wester just quietly goes, "Holy shit!" It's a, and it is full of wine. <laughs> it is full. It was probably brand new, and then they had to close down. Oh, what a shame! So, but what luck, Wester. I. I'm a bit ritzy with my wine. I like it a little bit chilled. So why don't we put it on the side of the fire closest to the the tempest? We could put it right at the bottom of the stairs. There's a bit of a draft there. Yeah. Okay, so you, you can move it over there. It takes takes a couple of minutes because it's like really fucking heavy. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can start pouring out glasses. It is an amber colored wine. Uh, uh, and you recognize the stamp on the barrel. Specifically, Fwester and Yora know of it because it's a very popular wine in Waterdeep. It's a Telventer wine from Silvery Moon, the eldest <gasps> of Silvery Moon. So, Steg isn't gasping, but I am. We're going to be drinking well tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. it is a highly sought-after wine because the... The vintage comes from, supposedly comes from the vineyard of Lady Illustrial herself, the ruler of Silvery Moon. How did a rinky-dink town in ten towns get... I'm not going to think about it. Mmm. Right? This is like the the rage in Waterdeep. This is really the cream of the crop of wine. Mm-hmm. Does, it, does it look like it's got all the regular, like, scuffs and stuff that you would get moving... Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask yeah, if there are sure. other markings on it. Uh, there's the symbol for the inn itself. Okay. A-, a big emblazoned on the side. But the markup for the actual cask right. uh, is burned into the wood. It's branded huh. into the wood. I'm going to copy uh, the inn's insignia because mm-hmm. Wester does find it a little hard to believe that a small town on the outskirts of Ten Town, relatively, would be able to afford a huge freaking cask of this stuff. So the the emblem is a uh, large kind of angular tree. The branches don't flow. They're kind of, like, very geometric. Okay. With the... With a symbol... With an eye symbol in the knot hole. Okay. So instead of a knot hole, it's like, a, it's like an eyeball. All right. So once we get in position, Fwester will head back to the fire and take out his sewing kit. Mm-hmm. Start sewing up an outfit for Steg so he's no longer wearing some valley boy stuff. Valley <laughs> boy. Yara will pull a, pull a glass for her and uh, Steg. And who are? And bring but it back John. to the fire. None for John. Okay. He, I don't know. he doesn't he likes need any wine. help. <laughs> I don't think John uh, dislikes anything. The <laughs> the wine is sweet and nutty, with a 
back end of like kind of smoky maple. Ooh. And it kind of it kind of the best way to describe it is it sparkles at the back end as well. And that's cut that's because they're elven maple trees. The large trees that they build their cities in. Fancy stuff. Super we're drinking, fancy. We're drinking infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, tastes like someone's I, home. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I haven't. I'm going to be honest. Yara is going to like look around at the little cave. Say, I haven't felt this luxurious in a really long time. Hmm. Nothing not quite. even the not even the baths. Yeah, nothing feels uh, the same in, as uh, drinking fancy wine in an abandoned cellar. Who are, or not who are? Uh, John comes stumbling back under one arm, a big uh, stack of like barrel boards, and in the other, a strange box. And he's he says, "I found firewood, and also a box." A box. It made noises at me when I opened it, so I brought it back because you might know what it is. Alright, we'll just leave it there. I'll get to it after I finish with Steg's clothing. He packs up, or he stacks up the firewood and sits back down by the fire and watches you so. Infinitely fascinated. Should I roll a d4 to see how long it takes? Yes, please. Alright. Three... Okay, three hours. It takes right. three hours to, to do it. So if you guys want to talk during that time, we'll call that that's what you're doing with your hands yeah. while you guys are yeah. discussing yeah. and doing things. Like, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I can multitask. Yeah. You don't have to draw yourself away to go so close. Like, it's something you know how to do. <laughs> yeah. So, Steg. Hmm? When we were forced to sleep earlier in the castle... Did you any? Did you see anything in your mind? I saw something that made no sense. Hmm. Well, I inhabited the shoes of a very tiny creature. I take offense to that. Tinier <laughs> than you. I take no oh. offense. Uh, well, no, like my Oh no! Two steps away from squirrel. I was close. <clears throat> Step and a half from the squirrel. Kuar is just kind of like focusing on this conversation and listening, trying to pick something up. Because he spent so much time with the cultists, he's going to be like seeing if he can latch on to something. And John's not paying attention at all. He's watching the sewing. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed as if it was a memory, but... I've never been to those places. Talk to those people. Somewhere in a large city. Mm. And then later an archaeological dig site. And a ruined city. What? kind of ruined city 
Do you remember like anything about like the architecture or um, the biome? Anything like that? Was it a jungle? A lot of ruins happen in jungles for some reason. That's true. I remember a name. Crestworn? Does that mean anything? It it means something to me. And who, who was that? On in my memory what I saw on the day that I lost her, we were going to do a heist on Crestworn, but everything went wrong. I'm not a good person, you two. I've heard you will be to the judge of that. Stand to my defense, but I'm a bad person. It's the short of it. And that memory just reminded me that I can redeem myself, but that doesn't undo anything. I can be the best person in the world now, but I was still was a bad person. People lost things because of me. And so... What... What happened? I can assure you, you're not the only person who's done terrible things before. But what... Do you mind if I ask? The manor burn. What is the deal with Melisandre? She was... My love, and... I intended to be here one and only for a while. But she started to change, got more aggressive. She picked up on magic that she said she once despised, and I saw nothing of it. I could never have the heart to bring it up to her that she was changing. And then we planned a heist on the Crestworn Manor. It would be the greatest heist in the history of Waterdeep, possibly the Forgotten Realms, we would have robbed a mass lord. That would have set us up for finally an easy life. But she wasn't the same person that I fell in love with. She got aggressive, and I couldn't see it beforehand, and And then he'll just cut off and drift off. Yor's gonna reach out and uh, hold his hand. Say, can I can I touch you? Yeah, I never wanted anyone to get hold hurt. I spent all my time learning to sneak and to steal and to talk just so that no one would get hurt because of me and. That's what people know me for now. That's what my name means in Waterdeep. I'm a killer. Well... I don't know exactly what, what happened, but... I can tell you if you burned down the Crestworn Manor... 
you did the world to justice. I wouldn't say that much. So many people in there didn't even know anything was going on. Didn't know anything was wrong, and... I understand if neither of you want to stand by my side after this. <laughs> Leave it to a small man not to see the big picture. What's that supposed to mean? There's no one who doesn't have a past. Some of us are willing to admit our mistakes. That makes you greater than most. Yeah, but you all are in danger. The guild? Do you know where we are? In the middle of a blizzard and the middle of ten towns? We are constantly in danger. Yeah. It is just part of life here. At least we're in danger with people that we like. Well, if I had to choose a group of people to get hunted with, it'd be you two. So, um... I also, I haven't been super honest. I am... Um, Yours gonna stop holding Fuester's hand and say, uh, I haven't always been Yora. Yora and a Rabern. I, um, I used to go by Alaburk. Alaburk Crestworn. Fuster's eyes go she's, wide and pale. And, uh, Yor's gonna reach over and hold his hand again and, and say, So be sure when I say that you burning down that house was a good thing because you burning down that house set me free. My, um... He's just going to be crying and squeezing her hand at this point. My father is not a good man. Lord Crestworn, he... Um, he's a, he's a madman. He's an elven wizard obsessed with power. Being a masked lord isn't enough. He, he wants the Crestworns to be in every hall and every court, have our hands in every, in every pot. And he would do anything to get that. He, we, we, growing up, we called it the mantle. It was our responsibility.
Me and my siblings were charged with making my father's dream come true. And along the way, it all got messed up. He became a lich. He followed those dark paths, tread only by a few, and uh, wished to take all of my siblings with him. And so you, that, I can't believe you were there that night. That night, when you set my house on fire, you let me and my brother Aventus escape. I thank you so much because you let us live our lives. I'm just so sorry that it came down to that, but I am glad that you're free and that you are yourself. And so, thank you, Yora. Thank you for letting our paths cross. And he'll go in for a hug. Yor will give him the hug. Big hug. Wester's just crying on her shoulder now. Just. So is Yora. Yora's crying too. (laughs) So sad. Stag, get in here. Stag, how are you taking all this? Thank you. He was he was trying not to uh, interrupt, but like, oh, good, I can get this. Right, let me get some of this. <laughs> well, if you if you two don't mind being stuck with a small elf being hunted, I'll gladly stick by your guys' sides, and I'll do my best to keep being good. I have faith in you. I do too. I haven't seen a bad... Honestly, of any of us, you always make the best decisions, it seems. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. Who are's in the corner crying. <laughs> He's like, I miss my mom and my brother. <laughs> we'll get you back home, who are, don't worry. Do you want a hug too? Yeah. Come here, big guy. John has gone completely like like his face is completely blank as if he's as if he's lost deep in thought which is a scary prospect for someone like John huh? that's I... John John you okay John uh what Penny for your thoughts uh, even uh I would like a drink. Buddy, I gotcha. Yora's gonna stand up and go and grab. Grab him a cup and bring it back. He takes a long swig of it. And says, I don't understand what just happened, but you rescued me from 
the castle where I was held in um um but bond bondage and you seem like good people to me everyone in ten towns has a past everyone not a single person is not guilty of something that is why we are here so you shouldn't fester too long in your own past and accept people for who they are now and then he takes another drink of the wine and sits down by the fire wise words what? Yeah, don't fester, Wester. <laughs> I was thinking of that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, nearly done, Stag. If you could come over here, I need to measure your shoulders. Absolutely. You'll hop up on a crate. Just have a measure him out. Kuar's kind of calmed down a little bit. And he goes, yeah. so like... You, you guys kind of know each other a little bit like maybe not directly but like you would have had run-ins with each other at some point without knowing it maybe from the it same seem, town yes. quite possibly hmm. maybe back then I was a little bit broader my tusks were a bit bigger and I had sh a lot shorter hair so I don't know if you remember if you've ever been to the temple of Tempest I have in water deep but I was a cleric there ah, I didn't rob too many clerics so you had <laughs> someone too much <laughs> that was probably a, that was probably a good a good uh you definitely would have heard the name Aventus Crestworn, though. Yeah. For sure. He is a legendary warrior in Waterdeep. A general of, of private armies. Okay. I have heard of mm -hmm. Aventus a good bit. Never ran into him, unfortunately. Seems a well, real, real stoic individual. Probably for the better. Um, we weren't all really at a good place at that time. Yeah, I don't um, think we would have gotten along very well. I don't think so Can't either. <laughs> so you were you were a thief? Of the sort. I usually ran cons and griffs for the guild. Ended up working my way up to heists eventually, but... Well, you already know the story at this point. And, uh... Yeah, they they aren't very big fans of me anymore. Same with Centaurum. They're just willing to pick up any bounty, though. And... There is something else that I have not been completely transparent about that is incredibly relevant given the past 24 hours. I have a less than great relationship with the followers of Grimhorde. 
they oh. have tried to kill me in the past. Because they're not a fan of my handiwork, or the handiwork of most thieves. And so, Fef makes me uncomfortable. No, I get that, I get that, I get that, I get that for sure. I thought it was just his rugged outdoors mini vibe. And I'm not going to lie, him knowing my name has put me on edge. To keep full transparency with the group. No. <laughs> That's great. Because I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Fab is just, or was just a normal guy to me. I've known him for years. He was my best friend. He's the trapper. And I, that he gave me that medallion that summoned that guy. I don't really even know who he is. I don't think. No. They hunt so maybe your instincts are better than mine. They hunt monsters and generally bad things for society. They're very weird, but most law-abiding citizens tolerate-ish them. They don't like to look at them. They don't think about them too much, but there's not like an armed meant to get rid of them. So as a, as a cleric in general and as a former cleric of Timbus. Uh, you're a... You would definitely know who Grimhorde is because it is the child of the Raven Queen and Tempus. Oh, really? A, di- okay. a demigod. Okay. Or a lesser god of, of secrets and hunting. And is the patron the patron god of a lot of like monster hunter guilds and and very specifically, the disciples of Grimhorde are mm-hmm. are like monster and bad guy hunters. You you wouldn't know too much about the disciples themselves, other than like actions that have been attributed to them. Fwester would know a lot more about them, but you would definitely know who Grimhorde is because it's the spawn of your your once. Pre- previous god. Yeah, your patron god at one point. So The followers of Grimhorde have always kind of been the seedy but sparkly offshoot at least in our temple back in the day renowned for amazing actions that save people but when you this is coming from a cleric right when you follow a dogma too strongly it doesn't allow a lot of space for gray they certainly do not relatively black and white and they are the worst nightmare to run into when a you don't quite follow their honest guidelines. Honestly, I'm convinced if they knew of Steg, they'd probably go after him just for not living in a city. 
that's not true. Maybe. I'll tell you what, I haven't read much about their beliefs in exactly. All I know is they tend to be bad news. Only ran into them once before coming into ten towns. They're very shadowy. Yeah. That's the their tenants aren't very well known. Very secretive. I'm not really a big fan of uh, secrets as much anymore. This has all kind of been eating me alive, so I'm glad. I'm glad we're uh, we're we're purging here. Absolutely. There. <laughs> Yora, I can see you're visibly relieved. I feel a lot better. There's one more. There's something else. Right that I want to bring up to everybody because we just fought a bunch of ghouls which is crazy this far north I mean I I've been around undead my whole life I was I am a cleric and the last time I saw some the last time I saw undead ghouls this far north is when I was fleeing from my father and his army of ghouls. Well, I don't know much so about I'm not... that. So, most I've dealt with is a couple of vampires, but business. I mean, I want to hear all about vampires because they actually don't know a lot about. But if there's ghouls this far north, that could mean that my father is looking for me for... And she's going to reach into her pocket and take out a Jade Queen. The Jade Queen from her house. And say, looking for this. Hmm. I'm only saying this because I've died twice within the past couple weeks, and um, we seem to be getting put further and further into dangerous situations. So you all have a right to know that this is my father's phylactery. I see. What's his phylactery? When a lich uses their infernal magic to reach immortality. They create essentially a talisman that stores a part of their soul. So that if they're ever killed, their physical form is killed, they're able to retain immortality through the soul that's left in this talisman, the phylactery. They use that soul to regenerate a new corporeal form and then continue their lives on this planet. Luckily, as when we fled our house with my father's phylactery, my brother cast a very, very potent imprisoned spell on it. So... At the moment, my father is either trapped 
in an endless loop of mazes inside of his own phylactery and he can't regenerate. Or two, he is still alive and being incredibly cautious because he can't risk dying and then being caught in that maze. See. Still. But. Oh, go ahead. Still something to be cautious about. Exactly. If there's ghouls this far north and they're related to Melisandre, who's related to my family somehow through this heist, I have a feeling we just got to be on the lookout more. There was a book that she If we're going to keep traveling. A very powerful book, she said, that she took. Would you happen to know of that book? Do I know, Mike? Yes, you would. There's a lot of books in the library. (laughs) Yes, but you caught sight of it in the dungeon. Remember (gasps) when she was dispelling everything and she captured, she took that book that was bound in humanoid skin? Oh my gosh, that's right. Can I do a, uh, let me do a check, or just, what do I remember that from from the library back at the manor? That was a hardcore necromancy grimoire. It's the Necronomicon. Basically, Along yeah, those lines. There's a yeah. lot of Necronomicon-like books in, in yeah, but, but Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, basically. It's a it's a dark a dark tongue used in high level necromancy and other other things. This one specifically teaches high-level raised dead spells and and delves into mind flayer psionics. Questy. Yeah. I saw actually You did. A book. Yeah, she was using it as she was Melisandre was using it as she was picking through your brain. Real toxic X X behavior, by the way, but we'll get to that. <laughs> it seems like she's dipping into some pretty intense necromancy. I was afraid of something like that. I wasn't going to say necromancy, but... What happened to her? I don't know. You know her better than me. She used to be very sweet. We've been we worked together for a while and then fell in love and everything was going well. We had our entire life planned out and on track. And then it felt like just in a short week she completely changed. She went from a very sweet followed the very same philosophy as me not wanting to hurt people to angry and rash she would find the quickest way to get something done no matter what do you think it's possible she was tempted by the lich something because that's not my Melisandre 
she's in there somewhere. And I don't know what happened to her, but... Spent four years looking for her, and I'm not going to stop now. I never picked you for such a romantic. He just kind of blushes a little. Like, oh, well, you know. Must be the wine. I still have a head in here. I'm going to go get some. And he'll, a little flustered, get up and go grab a glass of wine. Flustered, flustered. Yeah, don't get fl flustered, fluster. I can still hear you. Um, <laughs> um, Yora's gonna, while he's doing that, Yora's gonna turn to Steg and say, How are you feeling? I feel like my mind has returned. Uh, I'm good. still very confused about what I saw while asleep. Yeah, I, do you... Do you know any gnomes? Any I, halflings? Anybody who that could have been? I've met them in, in passing, but no, not personally. How bizarre. I mean, you did pick up a gnomish journal as well from Marigold. That's true. Perhaps that would have more clues. Talking about airships and some stuff, if that means anything to you. Airships. Yeah, and you'll pull out the journal again and show him the diagrams and the pictures. In the cool. dream, I've... I heard mention of airship patents. Hmm. All right. This man was a professor, a scholar, a scientist, a researcher, something along those lines. Fascinating. So whoever's journal this is, is who you flashed to when you were under the psionic spell. Oh, it would seem so, yeah. God, I wish I knew more about psionics, because that's crazy. But who, who is this man? Is what keeps bothering me. Well, I feel Who like we're is going he to and... find out more. Yes. And they didn't use any names? No. What you saw? Hmm. Only Professor. Was there anybody else there? I guess if you were being called Professor. The man had a, a colleague. A trusted halfling. I see. Do you know what that one is called? I do not remember. Was that a Steg question or a Gordon question? Yes. I think it was, I think it was, Alec Bird. <laughs> I think it was too. 
Mm, was it? Yes, it, Hang yes on. it was. It was Alucard. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, you're right. Because you called him the Daywalker. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> made a, made a vampire joke. <laughs> That's the one I dealt with. You. <laughs> I remember hearing the name, or speaking the name, Alucard. Getting around in Waterdeep, would I be able to roll a history check to see if a scholarly halfling named Alucard rings a bell? Roll me a history check. Oh, I'm proficient in that now. Woo! Yor, uh... roll me an insight check. That's a 21. I would love to roll you an insight check. Ooh, and mine is a 17. On fire for okay. the lore rolls. Ooh. So, mm, 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 mm. you both recognize the name Alucard in two different, from two different things. The intelligence reports that you got for your heist dictated a deal going down for raw materials to right. a, an enigmatic individual only known as the professor. Okay. Whether he was actually a professor at a university, no one really knows. But his go-between and his partner was a halfling named Alucard, an incredibly intelligent individual who was both canny and uh, very skilled at at negotiation. He was clever and slippery because you guys had tried to capture him before to get inside information and you could never even get close to him. Oh, wow. Yora... You recognize that as the go-between for for your one of your father's many business partners, and you know that your father was trying to create become a titan of industry and a very new technology, uh, and it had something to do with flying. He was a Alucard was a slippery one. He was the middleman of a deal between someone giving rare materials and some character known as the Professor, as you mentioned. We tried to catch him a few times, but just could never get even close to him, but seems quite the, quite the smart one. I do remember a dig in search of something rare. And I believe we found what we were looking for in a city buried underground hmm. the city was with it a strange architecture curved almost insectoid walls another ease city what was that because my uh, the netherese they were an ancient race of people incredibly skilled in the necromantic arts. My father was obsessed with them. He looked for their ruins all the time and he worked with the professor. I remember the name Alucard and I remember the name professor. He is somebody that cooperated with my father often on his projects. Well, now we know uh, how Crestworn and the Professor work together, but how does the Professor and Steg fit in? 
because I doubt they would just choose any random memories. That'd be... That is... Why? A great mystery to me. Mike is giving us magic hands, and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> well, I know do you think why cause... they're... I do, but Steck doesn't, so... Hmm. Pretty big revelation. <laughs> how, how are you feeling with the bear? The beast is difficult to control. It uh, it has a mind of its own. Oh, we're on the inner demons part of the conversation, aren't we? But it recognizes. <laughs> It recognized you after being told to go up the stairs. So it's not completely feral. I feel I could learn to live with it and share intentions with it. I, 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 I wasn't really sh sure at first that you recognized me and what I was saying. So you're in there when you are you in there or is, the, is, is it totally the beast? What is, do you know? I'm, I am in there behind a red hazy fog but it it was less dense the second time as if eventually I could lift the fog and see clearly through the beast's eyes well I think will always be here on the other side of the fog. Absolutely. We're not going if anywhere. If only there was a strong wind to blow through. It will come. I'm sure it will. In other news, Yora, the voices have changed a little. <gasps> oh! Oh! What's going on? Oh no. I've been able to pick some of them out. I guess giving them names a sort, but a few have gotten louder in particular. Tell me about them. Well, one of them I've called the Wizard. <laughs> Another one I've called the Scholar. Okay. And then the Druid. They've all gotten a good bit louder, and. Well, usually. The voices stop if, eventually, they all have their times of picking up and dropping down. Hours of activity, you could say, but these three, they're louder and just always there. So you say that you've to given them names. What are they saying? They're not telling you their names, I'm assuming. They're not. They're... 
just fragments, pieces of advice and suggestions. It's like having a crowd of advisors always constantly telling you what they think is best. Mike, can I do a roll to see if I can diagnose this now? What kind of diagnoses are you doing? Are you just like I guess I would... medically or are you just trying to brain through it? I think last time we did an arcana check just to based on yeah, based on my knowledge of undead and spirits and things. Yeah, so do an arcana check then. We'll keep that we'll keep that habit rolling. Okay. Come on. Now that I'm proficient, can I give help? Nineteen. 19! 19! Wow. Never mind, she don't need to. <laughs> she had a brain blast. Brain blast! So the the time you spent with your father and the knowledge that you have of specific undead and and the research that he did before he became a lich. He he did heavy research into like as he put these plans forward to become a lich and to make all of you into what he was planning on doing. He had tomes and tomes of like journals and and scrolls and books and of knowledge on the many, many different types of undead from ghasts and ghouls to zombies themselves to ghosts, the many different types of ghosts and and undead monstrosities from the negative energy plane and all of these different things. And what you can parse out from what he said is uh, this isn't just a possession. This is what is considered like a half-dead, a haunted, where someone gets close to death, basically dies, and then or does die and is about to go over and is is targeted by a resurrection spell of some kind or a revivify where they have already died they have gone over and what they do is they come back and inhabit their body again but they bring along hitchhikers and in the best interest of these hitchhikers the person needs to survive because they want to experience the world still so they give the person advice and allow them skills and uh, and give them knowledge and things like that to allow them a better chance of survival from their unique perspective. Now, they can't do a lot because they're just fragments of what they once were. They're not going to, like, stream out an attack for him or anything like that or protect him in any way. But they are... Uh, they provide him with knowledge that he wouldn't normally have. Uh, what is, what's the name of your class? Phantom Rogue. There we go. So a haunted or, or a phantom would be a living person that has died and has been brought back. Fwester, when did you say these voices started coming? Uh, within the first couple of days of us traveling, right after our fight with Sephic. 
Pretty much from the moment I woke back up. So, I think I know what's going on. Alright, that's good news. So when we fought Sephic, you died. I, I'm sure you remember, you died. I just violent memories. <laughs> yes, very violent memories. And normally that would be it. But Saloon, Moon Mother, who walks with us through all phases, I was in a gave forest. me. Afterwards. She gave me the power to resurrect you. And what happens sometimes is when that, when you get resurrected and you've already died, you bring back some, some some other spirits who hadn't yet gone to rest. You are what, or it seems like at least, you're what my father used to call a haunted. You have spirits inside you. Maybe fragments, maybe whole bits, I'm not sure. I'm not a, I'm not a ghostologist. But you have a lot of you have spirits inside you now who are along for the ride. I bet that's who your wizard, your druid, and your scholar are. Your wizard, your druid, and your scholar. I bet. I'm I'm willing to bet a cup of, a cup of this wine that that's what that is. I don't know if I should feel comforted by this news or not. Well, it's good to know what it well, is. If I and if it's not going to cause me any direct harm, I suppose it can't be that bad. Nah, I think, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, they just want to experience the world. So they're actually trying to help you not die again. But yeah, it's like a symbiotic relationship. How kind of them. <laughs> yeah, I feel like normally when I think of ghosts, I think of mean people. So this right. is really, that's kind of sweet could be worse could be worse could have been a zombie I don't like how everyone pointed at the cameras at the same time <laughs> <laughs> but how are you doing Yura I know that you have that mark on you did anything happen with it in the castle or it's the weirdest thing you would think we were being surrounded by people who worshipped Levistus, the cult of Levistus. Right. And nothing happened. I don't like that. that. I felt these. No. I don't like that one bit. That would have been too perfect an opportunity. Right? Well... We should try and find. I don't like. I don't like a lot of things that happened in there. No, that was overall just a very bad day week. <laughs> we should try and find someone who knows a good bit more about Levistus and his methods, though, to help. I guess diagnose and maybe work on helping you out, because I don't know anything. Do you know anything, Stag? Nope. 
of the Vistas? No. Who are? You wouldn't happen to... They didn't cover mark removal yet? Um, oh, yeah. Who are? Well, I mean... And he pulls his, his shirt down and he has a blue handprint on his chest as well. Uh, but it's a tattoo. It's not the glowing one. He says, mm. well, I got... I had to have this put on my body. But... Um, it doesn't look like that. That's wild. No. There's, um, Ed. there's something else afoot here. I think, um... No, I it is a hand. Yes, there's something Dang. else at hand. <laughs> a, uh... Couldn't resist. But... I'm not totally sure. I wasn't even an acolyte yet. I don't have much information. Well, Who are? Do you know anything about the structure of the leadership? Well, there was Kadroth. He was in charge of the people, but really I think he and Avarice vied for for control really but Avarice didn't she was kind of secluded down in her dungeon and didn't really want to talk to anyone so Kadrith didn't have any problem taking over stuff uh, but he feared Avarice I think and the old woman so what was her deal at, at mention of old woman uh, Jorah's gonna, like, glance at Stag and then, like, look away really, really quickly. Yeah, you both got some very weird prophecies. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of prophecies or fate. I, th I think that that's kind of, it's all a, a doohickey, personally. Not a big fan of determinism um, or a believer in free will. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the whole. I don't like that magic has its own plan. More of a, more of a. I'm more of a. Uh, an existentialist myself. Ah. Uh, what about you, Stag? Do you believe in determinism, free will? I believe we. We have choices, but they are limited. We have free will, but it is not completely free. I don't know about sentient magic or anything. I don't know much about magic at all, but... Indentured will. <laughs> yeah. There are much higher forces afoot here that uh, that make me concerned to say the least I would like to at least understand some but that won't happen just sitting here in this cellar would you like to step out into the blizzard no not just yet <laughs> 
<laughs> but I agree that it seems like we're really stuck in the thick of it, the three of us. Yeah. Ooh. Can can Yora do like a history check to see if she's heard of anybody with special arcane or uh, occult knowledge here in in Ten Towns? Oh, that would be able to help us learn more. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And okay. We all, we all just want to idea. get paid to start off with. That's true. Into something. Yeah. We all just wanted <laughs> some money. That is an eight. She does not. <laughs> I will give you this. You do know that Marigold is somewhere out there. Yeah. Of course she is. But we can't. We can't predict where she's going to be. True. Maybe she knows that we want to see her. Mm. And as soon as the movie ends, she's going to be right at the top of the stairs. <laughs> if that's the case, I'm Everybody going look. to <laughs> just. <laughs> I'm going to be very upset. Just the music starts playing it from the other side of the cellar. <laughs> oh, the low grumbling of polar bears. <laughs> oh, jeez. Steg, you are a ragged, a ragged barbarian rather i'm gonna be quite honest yes well i'm i was raised by them but obviously by my appearance i am not born of them but that's that's the thing is that i actually don't know anything about the ragged barbarians i can't say that i do either they are very tribal. They get by with whatever they can, which usually isn't much, but they are strong and capable. Some are even brilliant tacticians. It is... They live a difficult life. Almost intentionally. Their, their idea of a good death is not lying in your bed, old and gray. It's surrounded by slain enemies and conquered fears. They're constantly growing themselves. I notice you're saying they and not we. I've I self-exiled from them when I was no longer welcome in my own family. Doesn't I'm so sound like sorry. Much of a family. No. No. Not much. My father, well, father, if you could call him that, was the 
the chieftain of the tribe. His wife was the only parental figure that I had. I'm sorry. Families suck. That is true. Families suck. The family you don't get to choose is usually the one that is the worst. Can we get a show of hands of yes. who in this cellar has birth parents that they like? Cricket. Cricket. You better raise your who hand. Are, who are, who are. are raises who are raises his hand? <laughs> Good boy. Me mum's a delight. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, she is. She's the best. She is my favorite tavern keeper. <laughs> oh, be sure to tell her. I've told her many times. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, who are? Don't tell your brother that you saw my chest. Yeah, uh, it's just, uh, it's just that will destroy. It's him. not. It Fine. will destroy him. He will never recover. He's. Professor will, are... Professor will leave over to who are and just go. He's got a crush on Yora. Uh, okay, I won't tell him. He is yeah, a bit of a just... romantic, isn't he? No. <laughs> no. He's very shy, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really be romantic with somebody that you don't talk to. That's <laughs> all I'm true. saying. All he did was carry yeah. her around and draw baths. Well, Which I do like a strong man, but, you know, if there's Hanar, not strength of personality. The, for Hanar, that's the, that's the height of romanticism. He's a small town boy. Aww. I mean, that's... In a lonely world. <laughs> that's one of the reasons I left, was I didn't want to become a Hanar. And now all I want to do is go back and chop wood with him. <laughs> Seriously. Like, this was a terrible idea. I should have gone, tried to get out of the Dale somehow. I shouldn't have joined a bunch of cultists. This is terrible. I don't care that I found a, a spicy piece of ice. You know? it's It doesn't matter to me. I should have left. I should have taken my spicy ice south. Yes. And he pulls out a dark purple ice dagger. Can I see that, Huar? Yeah, sure. Hands it over to you. I imagine Fuester is still wearing his gloves because it's not terribly warm. Yes, it radiates cold. (laughs) Yeah, like a hot, like your fingers will stick to it, and the leather of your gloves do stick to the ice. And you have to like pull it off, like when your hands touch like fresh, dry ice. Like you're like, ow. <laughs> First time I've really gotten a look at these. So That's a good description. It's a it has the consistency of dry ice. Yeah. It's like purple dry ice, but it's shiny and it it gives off that like that that mist, that fog. Okay. Sayor, we did promise who are to give up some magic lessons, right? Yeah, we did. Oh, who are by the way? I don't know if you've caught on. I am not a wizard, not a sorceress. I am a cleric. So. Oh, I picked up on that. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, good. Yeah, I just I I, I, so, I used to be more powerful, but now I'm not. So like you know, it's like a it was a ruse. We lied. It was oh. a ruse. Yeah. I'm a liar. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a white lie, though. It was for a good cause. It was to get me out mm-hmm. of the cult. Yeah. But I do know some magic. Oh yes, you're a cleric, right? You heal people and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, that knife is the only strong magic that I've ever actually wielded. Yeah. I'll go ahead and do an Arcana check on it while sure. Yora and Huar discuss. Mm-hmm. That is. I'm, t- I'm teaching him about spell slots. <laughs> A dirty okay. twenty. Ooh. Um, this is very similar to the knives that the cultists and the Sephic used. Oh, hey, one of these slipped my throat. But obviously it isn't summoned. Hmm. It isn't a summoned weapon. It is It is a fully material like it is crafted from some kind of dark crystalline ice. Interesting. And he is going to play around a little bit and flip it around in his hands while he's looking at it. It makes a a kind of like a metallic whirring noise, like almost musical. Hmm. Uh, Think of like when Thor from Marvel throws his hammer. Like the whoom. That kind of thing. So it kind of resonates. Yes. It has has like a tuning fork resonation kind of whirring noise. Cults always get the cool weapons. I've just got a rapier. Right. It's a shame they always turn out to be really shitty people. Yeah. Yeah, well, then you take the weapons. Well, um, if you want it, I don't want it. I'll hold on to it. Okay. And you can put... You're not going to know what this means right now, and neither will our fair listeners, but... You can put Shardlin Blade. C H A R D L Y N. Shardlin. Heard that name before. Shardlin Blade. When I picked up the pieces of that dagger. I am assuming it is a dexterity weapon. It is. It is a finesse weapon, and it also needs to be attuned to use the uh, the the magical capabilities of it. All right. Speaking of attuning, I haven't, I haven't really looked at this axe nope, yet. No, you did not and attempt I to attune. Just... You just slept. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we should probably both attune. I was very tired. I mean, yeah, you were a bear for a minute. It's got to be exhausting. Yeah. I mean, I've never been like a physical gri- I am a bear but I've never been a physical grizzly bear before so like <laughs> I imagine it's pretty exhausting if it's as, if it's anything as close as being a human bear like yeah I can imagine <laughs> I can imagine it's exhausting I mean what no I never turned all of this bear. attractiveness in one place I just don't know what to do with it <laughs> oh. oh boy well, we've had a hell of a two weeks. 
Yeah. How, uh... How do you two feel? I mean, we're here, we're... We're... I'm not really sure what's going on, but... How do you... How do you two feel, yeah? Well, we're already in pretty deep, so I'm in it to win it. Well, we do want answers, and there's only a few ways to get them. Yeah, and none of them are going to be sitting in this cellar. <laughs> well, personally... And I think that... I don't think that any of them can be found alone, either. I was thinking the same thing. Can I... Can I, uh, say something about what I've learned in my short time in this cellar? Of course. <laughs> the great instance. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> so... There are good and evil people out there. I spent a good part of, uh, three weeks to almost a month with some very bad people. Uh, nothing redeeming about them. And in the short time that I've been in this cellar, I realize there are indeed good people out there. And from what I understand, you have some kind of predisposition to be here and to be doing what you're doing. And I may not be a very skilled mage, but I'm working on it. And as a burgeoning magic user, I do believe in the, the cryptic magics that wind and weave through our world and set things on proper course. And maybe it wasn't fate, but circumstance that puts you in this cellar together, realizing that you have a greater connection. But no matter what it was, blind luck, fate, some kind of overarching plan by some dissident god, who knows? But I know that I have faith in you. And whatever may come in the days ahead, I'm going to train to be as good as you. And I will try to get more powerful so that I can protect people like you do. And I will tell everyone of what you did here. And he seems kind of like lot like meeting everyone's eyes and saying, I'm glad that you pulled me out and that I got to meet you. I'm glad that my mother sent you to find me. You're a good lad who are. I know you're gonna do great things. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait absolutely. to see what you do. Well, I'll fucking drink to that, and Yora's gonna hold up her glass for for a group cheers. Yep, there's a cheers. Uh, John drops his, and then stands up with kind of a groan. and goes, Ugh. Well, that's good to hear. Because, uh... If you decided anything else, it would have not have been this great, huh? Was that John? What? Um, John? Commander Morin was right about you. I'm glad that he was right. I can't wait to see what you do. 
and he strides out towards the blizzard, and in a in a collapse and puff of black raven feathers, he disappears. And that's where we'll end our session. <laughs> Commander Morin, are you kidding oh. me? Are you kidding me, Mike? The new dragon was too... He was too one-dimensional. I knew oh, it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he was. was up with him. Ah. Oh. I just said all that about Fef. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, man. You have to vet the wow. people that we rescue. Yeah. Thoroughly. Yeah, I, I like that you guys were like, we're going to adopt him. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. <laughs> I wanted John. <laughs> Guys, that was a that was an emotional episode. Yeah, that was good. You had some of those moments, man. That got me. Oh my god, <laughs> it was hard to keep it together at a couple of points. Yeah. So, uh, guys, plug your pluggables. Oh boy, if you want to reach out to me, I am on Instagram at authorized entry. You can see what I'm up to there. There's a lot of pet pictures. Also. We're coming up on six months, everybody. So we're we gonna be, are. Uh, we're going to be coming out with some news on a Q&A session. We should be doing that live. But if you have any questions that you want to go ahead and submit any uh, ahead of time, you can go ahead and send them to either our TPK Instagram or Twitter accounts, which you're going to hear about right now. At TPK.games on Instagram. You can also message me at Canis, that's C-A-I-N-U-S. That's my personal, so just let me know that it's like about the podcast, or else I'm gonna be like, ew, and delete it. <laughs> I actually strange. think I've done that a few couple a couple of times, uh, and then realized it afterwards that that's what people were doing. So if you sent me a request and I haven't like engaged with you, uh, send another one and just be sure to explain who you are, or, because like my mama always taught me stranger danger. So. Um, <laughs> She taught me, don't talk to strangers and don't sit on motorcycles you see in the Chili's parking lot. Um, <laughs> those are two very important lessons that my mother taught me. She was right. Uh, we also have our talk show that's going live on Twitch this week. Uh, we're moving over from Discord so oh, that we can... They're going to hear about this the week after it happens. Oh no, but it's going to oh be God. happening on Twitch from now on, guys. It's Yeah, yeah. It's going to be happening on Twitch from now on. So by the time you hear this, we'll already have an episode up. So that's pretty cool. We did it uh, when this airs. We'll have done it this past Tuesday. So we're just talking about the greater world D&D, lore, dragon ecology, other ecology, uh, rules. We're going to have a big 5.5 uh, edition uh, talk coming out once more details get released on that because 5.5e right. is coming never it's, thought it would happen but i, I thought it was here. coming next year it's coming soon. next year hopefully we can just move all of our characters over to that pretty painlessly yeah hopefully i don't no, uh... think it's gonna be a huge thing it's mostly a gigantic like movement of the lore like to the next stage because everything now is very much in the past so they're just moving it into the next stage and making more fluid combat 
like making combat more cinematic. Yeah. Streamline carry weight. Mm hmm. Streamline characters. They're making characters. I know that Tasha's Cauldron uh, was like kind of a tester for that, where you can basically create any character of any kind of aesthetic, anything that you want. You can you can cherry pick skills and stuff. I think that's where our characters are headed. Okay. Which is totally cool. If that's what it is, I'm ready. Anyway, we'll talk about that at Table Talks. But in the meantime, we also have a Twitter account that you can uh, send questions to, and that would be... At games underscore TPK. And if you feel like harassing me while I harass Sam, (laughs) you can find me on Instagram at unauthorized entry. Because what are are friends if we don't harass each other? Absolutely. (laughs) He hasn't told me to stop yet. But if you want to... If you want a font <laughs> of wisdom, then oh, look yeah. none other than our lovely Savannah Merritt. Who you can find at Instagram at Merrillysav. That is at M-E-R-R-I-L-Y-S-A-V on the Instagram. And for my additional plug this week, um, I want to say, or rather, I'm going to give you permission to cry. Go and give yourself the space and time to do a proper cry if you need to and when you need to. It's not healthy to hold all those emotions in and we're not all going to be stuck inside cellars anytime soon. So go, go give yourself a cry. And I would like to push that especially towards our more uh, masculine identifying audience because a lot of us grew up with the boys don't cry attitude especially if we're from the south so I feel called out i don't appreciate that so i'm slowly sliding off camera guys especially <laughs> bro you can cry it's okay that's just being emotionally mature which makes you more of a man than anybody else so like do it do it cry i cry all the time like it's okay i just let the emotions out And then I'm a better person for it. And I won't get a tumor (laughs) or an ulcer or anything else because I manage my my emotions. But I think that's all we got. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we got. Um, Remember to take care of yourselves. And as always, keep on rolling. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye.